Welcome back, you guys. Episode seven? Seven? Yeah. I think it's seven. Seven? No, I really can't. Wow. 2021. Yeah, we've been doing this for almost two months now. That's crazy. So crazy. I know. know. (laughs) We've come so so far. I know. I really love it. And I love doing this with you, Paige. My my punch. My punch to the aloe. Well, and you guys, it's so lovely to have Aloe back in her element. She was a little out of commission there for a couple weeks with her tooth debacle. Um, it was terrible. But we're back in action and ready to chit-chat. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> and Paige, who do we have today on the, on the cast? Oh, we have my good friend, Steve Prowse. We should insert some Book of Mormon music right here. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, But we have my good friend, Steve. He's a business colleague and dear friend of mine. And uh, he is here to chat with us about something that I think we all kind of, there's like a little mysterious cloud around, which is the the life of the Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormons. Yes, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks for joining us. I can't yeah. wait to get into it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I have so many questions that I've typed out already. <laughs> so, Steve, how about we start really quick with um, a quick background on you, just like your upbringing in the church, where you're sure. at with it now, and where where we're going to be coming from on this episode today. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I grew up Mormon. I would, I was fifth generation, like my great, let's see, great, great, great grandpa was the first Mormon. He's from upstate New York area. Um, Oh, let me guess, like Rochester, Palmyra? Close. Actually, he was a little farther away and then spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania as well. But, um, you know, he was an immigrant. He found the Mormon church. He joined the church. Uh, My ancestors came across to Utah. I'm from Utah. Uh, and I think this pod, like this, this in general came from every time I say I'm from Utah, like around work or around friends, if they're not from here, it's like immediate question of, are you a Mormon? And <laughs> for me, it's like, he was telling me, I introduced him to my friends or my family were like talking and I'm like, this is Steve. He used to be a Mormon. He used to be a Mormon. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I do want to say like, I have a ton of friends and family who are LDS. Um, that's the other way they call it. Um, you know, they're wonderful, beautiful people. And I, I, I want to share, you know, the positives and the negatives. I think anybody who's in a religion appreciates like, you know, your belief system, how important it can be for people. But then when friends, family, children, parents move away from that religion, like what it looks like is not always all that pretty, right? And then yes, the the, yeah. the Mormon community has some pretty interesting things that I'll share, you know, appropriately about, but I don't want to disrespect anybody, but it, there's some great stories. And um, I should also mention, I'm also a Freemason. So there's like this weird ability to understand some of where the 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 strangeness came from for for the lds church and um personally i haven't been lds for a long time how long is a long time uh, when did you leave so i left i went on a mormon mission and i came home uh early usually that's two years i was only gone for about six months um i got salmonella e coli amoebas 
and typhoid fever all at once and spent a number of weeks in the hospital. And when I got home, you know, the reason I went on the, on my mission was, um, my dad and I had this really brilliant conversation one night and I was starting to question the church because it's a little odd, you know, and I'm reading some things and I'm thinking through some things. And, you know, I think any scripture is going to evoke some questions if you're actually reading scriptures. Some critical Uh, thinking. Yeah. Some critical thinking. 18. I'd be 18 18. at the time. And And just in case anybody doesn't know, LDS is, isn't it Latter-day Saints? Latter-day Saints, yeah. Latter-day Saints, okay. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the official name. And Mormon, the Book of Mormon, which if you've seen the musical, it's one of the most brilliant musicals ever. The Mormon piece comes from their, one of their scriptures called the Book of Mormon. So, um, so my dad and I were, we, we built cars when I was younger together and we were working on one of the cars and, you know, I was like, dude, I don't know about this mission thing. And he said to me, you know, Steve, I don't care what you do, but you should go do something that's not about you. You should go do something that like gives back to society and people. And he shared with me about him going on his mission to Australia which is a brutal place to be any sort of a religious missionary, right? Like they're, they're very staunch in their beliefs and super smart people, well-educated. And, you know, he suffered a lot. Like it was not like a fun place to be knocking door to door, having people tell everybody, you know, having doors slammed in your shut and nasty things said about you, stuff like that. But what he got out of that was his sense of compassion for people, right? Which all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, maybe I do want to do something like this. And being an 18 year old kid, he was like, well, do Peace Corps, do the mission, do something. It was like, okay, well, mission makes more sense than doing something really hard. So I, I went on my mission. <laughs> and, and you guys, it, what, if, it's so funny to hear you say that you like chose the thing that was not <laughs> as hard because Steve works harder than like most people I've ever met in my life. Well, thank you. But I also really love what your dad said, like, go do something to give back. And I think that that's something I put on my vision board for 2021 is to just Mm. give. And I think that the more that you give, the more that you get back. And I really love that. I love that he said that to you. Totally. I went to Mexico City and, um, you know, I got really sick. It was, it was brutal. Um, Um, I'm going to interject right here. So Steve and I have talked about... (laughs) The fact that he has a grandfather in, yes. in Mexico and um, how like sometime we, we'd have to go there. And I'm like, I literally don't want to go there because I've never met anybody that's gone to Mexico who hasn't like gotten violently ill from food poisoning. And he's like, oh, well, that me. never happened. Yeah, I've been goes, twice. I've never gotten food poisoning. Well, there you go. So now you know. One person, um, <laughs> one person of all the humans I've met have not gotten sick in Mexico. I, and he goes, well, I haven't gotten food poisoning there. But then he tells me this story. <laughs> I haven't had food poisoning. I, like, I you're just not making died. a good case. Yeah, oh, my well, God. True, true statement. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so um, I ended up in the hospital for a really, really long time. And super high fevers, um, they, they couldn't transport me back to the U.S. because I was that sick. And, and eventually, finally started to recover. Um, you know, the, the hospitals in Mexico City are, are really, really nice. It's not like I was in some, I, I mean, there, it was top of the line everything. The rooms were probably bigger than the hospitals here. 
I was put, they would put ice on my bed because my fever was around 106 for about three weeks. And they'd have to ice me down to keep me Oh my me God. That's below. like, that's terrible for an adult. They say anything above it a 104, you could like die. Yeah, yes. it's super scary. It's super Damn, bad. Steve. And, um, you know, inside of that, like, uh, I've, I've now heard stories of my parent. you know, my mom wanted to come down and not, so they're not supposed to. And I spent time alone. And I say all this because inside of that, like discovered what I would call God, right? Like there was this conversation of like, when I went on my mission, I was like, I'm going to follow all the rules. And there's a lot of rules in Mormonism. Like there's a lot of rules. Uh, and I, I can't wait like, to break into some of these rules. I was <laughs> just going to say, like, <laughs> like, what is the list? <laughs> you know, all the top favorites, you know, you're not supposed to curse, you don't. You don't drink coffee, tea, anything, and any and any hot drinks. No alcohol, no sex before marriage, and that includes all types of sex. You know, you're not you're not supposed what? to masturbate. You you it's Why like why no hot drinks? Like like you're like frowning upon tea. Like I'm just confused. <laughs> I'll get to that. Okay? Thou shalt not it's soak historical. herbs in water. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a moment where you know I it was like. I think a moment for most of us adults that at least I've talked to any level of spirituality, like whatever your choice of spirituality is, where you feel connected beyond you, right? And I don't know that I ever really felt that until laying in a hospital bed with ice on me in pain, pissed off, like really pissed off. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, I did all the rules right this time. I'm following the rules and I'm laying in a bed. What does this mean? And it was the first time I think I got that sense of calm, like like whatever Holy Spirit you think, but like connected to the universe is how I would say it now. And it was like, okay, well, it, this was a great experience and I get to learn from this and I get to take the positive pieces out of this and I get to move on. So when I, when I got home from my mission a few months after, let my parents know like, uh, I'm, I'm done. You know, it took me a few months because as people who know me will tell you, part of my upbringing left me very nice about things. So I didn't want to disappoint my parents too soon, spent a couple months and then told them, yeah, I just really, I, I, I think I'm done with this Mormon thing. You know, from there started exploring. I had my first drink when I was 21 still. It was a beautiful story with my grandpa in Mexico, pretty cool to have a first drink in Mexico with my with my grandpa. But Paige pointed to I work hard. I I learned a lot of that on on my mission values and and morals that I want to instill in my children. I've got two children, and you know, often my thinking comes from there of how I want to parent and how I want to be the kind of person I I am. Um, now. Not all that came from Mormonism, but I do want to acknowledge that they're, they are a tremendously beautiful, wonderful, kind community. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot out of it. So I wanted to say that before I share a bunch of funny stories. No, I love well, and that. And I think that's beautiful. And I mean, it's, it's interesting <laughs> from all aspects. You know, people that listen to the show, you know, they come from all walks of life and all different types of religions. And I've always been very curious. Like people, when they ask me about my religious background, you know, for me, it's like I was raised Christian. 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 Is that like a blind of Christian and Wiccan? Or... 
What? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, but we'll I consult was... Erica. Seriously. <laughs> I was raised Christian, um, and then I accompanied my friend to a Catholic church for a while. She was going through like CCD and making her confirmation and doing all these things, and I used to go with her. So I kind of have exposure to both backgrounds. I grew up with a lot of Jewish people. I mean, like the area where I'm from, like like the majority of the people I would say are Jewish, you know, and, and it's really interesting to hear about this kind of stuff. And I think that Mormonism is something that is not highly spoken about. So I'm really excited to have you and really dive into this because I think there's just a lot of questions. Like you said, there's sure. like negatives and positives and um, you know, I can't wait to find out like, like one of the questions I have is, sure. can you be born into it? Or like, you, I know you can be born into it, but can you oh, that's join it or can you join it? Like, can I yeah. just go, like, how does, like, what do oh, you- Oh, you're like their favorite, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's convert her. Uh, yeah. Well, so that's- They like win a prize. Yeah, for sure. That, it's, it's like the MLM. That's why they're so good. Utah is known for our MLMs. And I will say that the sales, the ability to sell something, if you're a 19 year old kid that can sell religion to people- you can probably sell anything, which I think is pretty interesting from a, from a cultural standpoint. But joining the church, uh, my mom's a convert. So my mom grew up, okay. um, she was born in Utah, but moved to California. It's still a Christian religion. So baptism and priesthood and all of those things are still practiced in their own unique way. So but, that's, that's interesting because I feel like the Christian churches don't, don't accept the Latter-day Saints as a sect of Christianity. They, that's absolutely true. And it's often talked about because the main piece of scripture that makes the LDS church, the LDS church is the book of Mormon, which just a tidbit is the idea that during when Jesus passed, when he came back, one of the places he came and visited was the United States of America and the natives here, uh, sorry, I shouldn't just say the Americas, right? So uh, it's a story about how people came to be in the Americas, which gets really, really weird. But that's the premise of it. And then well, and Jesus do you think shows they up. Also, do you, Steve, do you think they also look down upon it because it was only organized as an organized religion in 1830? Like it's a relatively newer religion? Okay, so again, with no offense intended, maybe. No, of course. But But mostly there's some... I mean, even the Book of Mormon, if you read it, historically, it's often argued, you know, they talk about horses being in this civilization that only, only the Mormons knew about, right? There's no anthropological evidence that anybody lived here during the time that they said there was. And then there's things like they rode horses. Well, horses didn't show up in America until the Spanish conquistadors, right? So, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things that are like could be called blatant and or far-reaching. And then, you know, Joseph Smith himself was fairly controversial. Uh, the idea of polygamy in a modern religion is fairly controversial. All of those things, right? But I don't think it's just the age of the church that has other Christian religions push back. I think it's the way the LDS Church says it is that they restored Christianity. So everyone okay. else had lost their way. And when Joseph Smith found the plates, the gold plates that everybody hears about, what he did was restore Christianity and the endowments and rites and rituals that 
that Jesus himself and, you know, the prophet, the, the, the Peter, James, and Paul, and all of the apostles, the actual practices. So it's not just age and it's not just funny stories. It's, I mean, it's a pretty, uh, you know, you don't even hear Protestants or the Church of England or Catholics really go after the other religions in the same way that the LDS church goes after all of Christianity. You know, they claim, everybody claims to be the one true church, which is part of why I think religion is insane. Like if, if there was one true church, how, and God loves us all, how did we end up this way, right? Yeah. But, Why is there 19,000 different types of religion? Most, most other religions aren't out there saying, you guys, you guys all missed a big piece of it and you just screwed everything up, but we fixed it for you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys I didn't think, go I to Rochester, right. New York and find the gold right. tablets. That's right. That's right. Oh my God. Rochester. Paul That's Myra, where I'm from, church, you guys. The four churches. And I have yeah. been, to, my best friend Whitney lives in Palmyra. I have been there. Many oh, no times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've never been to Palmyra, but I've been to Rochester and yeah. Well, you're not you're not missing a ton. I I I believe that. I yeah. believe you're missing that. the American Legion bar, which is like my favorite, and you're missing like um some dirty garbage plates, which are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could get those in Rochester too. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to get those a lot of places. I'm not sure that, you know, garbage, garbage plates? plates don't act. No. no. Not no. the same? Oh, no, you can't. Like, not unless My somebody is Jesus. from Rochester. <laughs> yeah, no. People look at you like you're cross-eyed crazy. They're like, you eat all that on a plate? Yeah. yeah. When um, I first okay. was introduced to a garbage plate, I was like, this is this is disgusting. Like people, yeah. this is a yeah, thing. You look at it and you're like, I Ugh. see why they call it a garbage plate. Like that. And they're like, like, Oh, you puked on something. Yeah. We put the, <laughs> the, the Frank, the, the hats on it or something like that. I'm like, what? I'm so, yeah, so okay. It's a so, sauce, but it's so like, for this, everyone, like, meaty. <laughs> okay. So a garbage okay. plate. We're, I just feel like now I need to tell you all my Rochester friends are like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> Mac so salad. there's, there's a couple different ways to do it, but this, the traditional, if you're a normal person way to do it is, um, half Mac salad, half home fries. That's your base. Then you get a double cheeseburger, which I don't eat anymore, but you know, yeah. I'm sure they do some sort of vegetarian version maybe not and then no. that's drizzled in a meat hot sauce Ugh. ketchup mustard, mustard. onions <laughs> and then you can add some other things to it but that that's the main the main thing Jesus. it's disgusting it's, it's, it's like a heart, a heart attack, attack on a plate <laughs> yeah it sounds like like yeah that sounds interesting okay side note so um rochester made gold plates and garbage plates so all kinds of plates coming out of rochester moving on it's 1830 <laughs> <laughs> so you said that your mom is she converted uh, yeah, so my mom grew up in California, and the conversion, what the conversion looks like is if you're a child, you get baptized at eight. So like I was baptized when I turned eight, that makes you a member of the church is right then, but you can get baptized at any point. So when my mom moved back from California to Utah, she converted, and now I, I, I'm sure I can share this. Now it, it, it was more like the social cultural thing, right? Her, she was the only one of her friends not Mormon. So that poses a challenge and, and, you know, she was a staunch believer, PS, like I, she, 
she believed in the church and as she was leaving the church, so she's also left the church now. Sorry, let me answer your question. Allo, you can do, you can become a member anytime. You just call up your local group, right? And they'll send the missionaries over to you or they might leave, you know, knock on your door or whatever. They'll be wearing a little black name tag. Um, and, and, uh, oh, dear Lord. Yeah. They, then they, it's like the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, Did you know the Jehovah's yeah, Witness are sending handwritten letters now? It's less intrusive than, than two 18 year old, 19 year old kids telling you, Hey, do you want to learn about how to live life better? <laughs> and again, <laughs> to be fair, if you can do that on a train in New York, now Punch and I work together and there's not many conversations I can't broach because I've knocked on doors and told 60 year old humans that they're living incorrectly. So there is some practical good that comes out of that, but a hard place to be. Um, But so my family's a little bit unique as well. So my, my, like I said, I'm fifth generation on my dad's side, LDS. I grew up in the church. My mom was a convert, but about half of her family also came from, from the LDS faith, all my siblings. And now my parents have all left the church. Did they and leave shortly after you or did it take them a little while longer? It varied and not necessarily because of me. And then my parents much later. So there were two, about two and a half years ago, there was a, a pretty big announcement from the LDS church that there were going to be new restrictions on if you could be a member, if your children or your parents were gay or homosexual. And it caused quite a ruckus. Like it, it caused... A lot of people and the way that they did it, a lot of challenging interpersonal questions. And that's actually when my parents finally said, I, we're, we're not going to believe. And I'm sure as with any religion, if as you leave, you go through the certain stages. I mean, this is a major part of your, your life and you don't think about the grief, but you actually gr- like have some version of a grieving process that I had watched enough times through friends, through myself that um, one of my favorite situations ever to happen was with my mom. So um, there's a children's magazine called The Friend that my mom would send to wherever I was living. And again, I have two kids. And this friend really is off-putting for me. Like the way they phrase things, it's just, I kind of fucking hate it, okay? And one day I got the guts up to ask my mom. I was like, hey, I was like, I get it. Like, take him to church, but can you stop sending the friend? Cause that thing is weird. Like I just can't do it. And we launched into the absolute biggest fight we've ever had. You know, we're screaming at each other and she says, you're taking your, not just yourself, but your kids to hell and all this stuff. And I say, well, you're not even going it's really to heaven. aggressive. Yeah. You're not going to heaven either because you you're are not accepting. No, you're not polygamous. It was way, that would be nice, Allo. I went straight for like doctrine. The LDS church doesn't believe this, but in, in the Book of Mormon, or it's actually called the Doctrine and Covenants, one of the biggest pieces in going to heaven is polygamy, which the, you know, I have my great, great grandpa was a polygamist, right? There's a lot of polygamy in the history of the Mormon church. One of these doctrines say that to reach the highest level of, king, of, of heaven, where heaven is, is on a planet called Kolob, to get to the highest level of heaven, you have to be a polygamist. That, that, that's, I, this just blows I know, my I know. mind. So I'm like, they would have the- sold me with the planet because I love the idea of like being special <laughs> and having my own planet. But when they're like, but you have to share your husband, I'm like, eh, good feelings gone. <laughs> like, I'm not, not into that at all. 
I just so, like, yeah. I mean, and I, I don't look down on anyone who's into polyamory or being a polygamist. Like, it's just very fascinating to me. Like, we're going to have um, one of my really good friends. She She's in a polyamorous relationship. She's coming in a few weeks to be on, the epi- like, on an episode. But it like, it's so fascinating to me because I'm like, I would be like, don't touch my man. I'd be like, get the... F- Fudge yeah. out of here. Yeah. Like, I, I could not share. <laughs> I know a, a fairly significant um, community of, of polygamists. And they so are some of the most so that's a wonderful, you- beautiful human beings that I, I've ever met. They're so family oriented. Now, a lot, it, a lot of this has changed. Like if you don't know any history of polygamy, like the Warren Jeffs sex and things like that are almost all disbanded, but there's something there for them. A lot of them have carried on from their family units and they're beautiful people. So oh, they, I, I mean, yes. I don't fucking understand it to save my life. One time I asked my, one of my friends who she has, th- there are three wives in the, in, in the marriage and her twin is one of them, right? Oh. It's- and, and I was like, and it was so hard for me to reconcile hard pass, because hard pass. when you, when you meet these people, you're like, oh my God, I love you. Like you're some of the best people I've ever met clearly, but how do you make this? Like, there's no way, like you guys, can't, no, this, you can't. And they're very open with like, no, I get jealous and this is hard and that's hard. And this was hard. But that also allowed them, you know, they don't, it's not like their kids are expected to be polygamous, but they also accept them if they are. If you're Mormon, you don't have to be a polygamist, but if you're not a polygamist, you're not going to collab? It's way more complicated than that. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) And I still haven't told you my favorite part of this story. I'm going to back you up because I'm so perturbed by i'm so perclubbed you know (laughs) i'm so perclubbed um i'm still stuck on this um the twin thing because if that those people have children their dad is the same dad but they have their mom is each other's aunt yeah. This is my sister cousin, my cousin yeah. sister. <laughs> but, well, sister wife, but yes. like that's just like <laughs> no. I'm talking about the kids. Full. Oh, the kids. Yes, like, because if, like if these yes. twins had kids by the same dad, they would be brother and half brother and sister, but they would also be cousins. It's yep. like such an Oedipus complex. I can't. <laughs> I'm fucked. Like it's like it's it's not even just messed up to me on like a like morally. I think it's freaking crazy. Yeah, but like. It's messed up to me on like a, in terms of breeding, like what? Like you're inbreeding, like that's freaking weird. Yeah, which happens all the time in that community. And, and it, it's an interesting, I mean, you, everyone like that's can go. How they, that's how they well, it makes me think of, makes me think of the Vanderbilts and the Roosevelt's and like. The, and, and listen, <gasps> this is not exclusive to Mormonism. If you look at the history no. of polygamy, it's all over the place, right? And then you know, to polyamory and things like that. Obviously there's a new movement of what a relationship is. I think the that thing That freaks me out me, less than like the inbreeding part of it. No, I totally get it. And, and you know, most of these marriages were arranged and it, it, listen, it's a hard, it's a hard conversation because again, for me, having met a lot of these people, you know, they are wonderful people. And I think that they actually embody the, the freedom of choice, right? They've had to. It's like, they got forced into so much that now this generation of who they are now 
Um, you know, there was a, a huge bill just passed in Utah. Federally, it's the, the, the legalness of polygamy is actually, it, it's very great, right? It's like, can you claim, it, it's like tax-based. Like, can you claim all three of your wives on your on your tax returns or just one of them type of a thing? But oh it my God, the say, U.S. would make it about our taxes. Right? But in Utah, what else it was can we monetize? Yeah, absolutely. Right? But in the U in Utah, it was it's a felony. So a lot of these people lived in secret. So there was a family that pushed through decriminalizing this, and they've been very open and public about their relationship and shared a lot. And you, do I want to be in a polygamous relationship? I definitely don't. But but there's something beautiful about their families, right? Like they've got and 30 plus kids and oh they God. all love each other and are there for each other. So I don't, I don't want it to be like defending polygamy and, and especially forcing someone into that situation. But at the same time, you know, especially in the new age, I think there's actually something there. Now, no, I, I agree with you. It's becoming... Community. It's becoming more and more um, accepted. It's becoming less taboo. Not all Mormons the, are polygamists, are they? Yes. The, the Latter-day Saints do not practice polygamy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to loop us back around with that into our okay. OG question from Aloe, which was about um, converting. And you were telling us a story about this fun magazine. And okay. you yes. hit your mom with the doctrine yes. of the Book of Mormon. And you're like, Mom, you're not polygamous therefore you also go to hell then so, what happened so so she thinks punch it's so she says to me it doesn't say that and i go over to pick up her scriptures which you know they have like a bigger set because it's the bible the book of mormon and two other books all combined and i go over and i'm like oh yes it does have you ever read dnc 132 and she's like, it doesn't say that. And don't you touch it. And my mom's like five foot two with really, really curly, cute hair. And my dad's over in the corner. Like actually just before that, my dad had agreed with me. And that's where it got really bad. Cause he was like, it actually does say that. <laughs> and she's like, you know, like oh. volcano of anger. And it was like, fuck, I, this is like one of the, she's the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. And she's so kind and she is the best grandma I can't do this to her. So I get, again, I stopped and I did call her the next day and we cleaned it up. Why that was relevant to the leaving the church and the joining the church is a lot of people, and I think this is true for any religion, you go through a real period of absolute fucking anger, like visceral, like how fucking dare they lie to me about X, Y, or Z. And anybody who's left any religion usually can see that she would call me really upset when she would read something she disagreed with, or they would come out with something about, you know, the LGBTQ community. And, and I would always say, mom, I just don't leave. If you're going to do it out of anger, you'll regret it. And there was this one day where she calls me just furious. And she says to me, she says, Steve, have you ever read DNC 132? It's called the new <laughs> and after life. And I'm like, on the phone and I'm thinking like, how do I respond to this? I'm like, oh God. you're fucking kidding me, right? Like you're kidding me. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. Have you ever read it? I was like, mom, do you remember that one fight we had where we were screaming at each other and I oh, said, dear. you weren't going to heaven. And on the other side, I hear this. Oh, <laughs> and she realized like what we had thought about was actually real. 
and it all connected and it was really cute and a sweet moment. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And you know, she kind of teared up and for her, she's blamed herself a lot for a lot of the shortcomings that my siblings and I have and, you know, kind of the oddities or whatever. But um, you know, it's actually been a bonding experience for our whole family. Uh, our family, I love my family. You know, we, we do fight more now um, than just being nice and pretending it doesn't happen. But, but at the same time... I think time, that's so much healthier, though. Totally. And it's always from, you know, a, a ad- adamant love and respect for each other and fight for your beliefs. But, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, are, are experiencing this. There's a number of podcasts out there One's called Mormon Stories. Um, it's a fairly, it started off by an LDS person who he didn't, he hadn't left the church, but was there as he's a, he's an emotional coach and he would coach people through transitioning into their own beliefs out of the church, some version of the church. And um, they've got a brilliant podcast. I'm going to shift us in gears here a little bit and ask you about something that when Every we talked person. to Aloe about it for the first time, she was like, what? We have to do a sewed. <laughs> this is what prompted the Mormon episode. Um, I'm actually blanking now on which topic it was. I believe it was we soaking. started with soaking. Oh, but I also really God. want to know about I think it was also rules. the special underwear. I, yeah, I, like okay. I can't remember so, which one was which. Yes. Yeah, I, I just either. Need, I need to know. For me, I want to know the rules. Like, why? Why the <laughs> hell can't you have some herbs steeped in hot water? You know, <laughs> I, I need to know about the soaking. <laughs> I need to know it all. <laughs> I think it was the special underwear was where we started. So Punch had said, "This is Steve. He's from Utah. He's not. A, he used to be Mormon." And then the very next question is. <laughs> so do you wear special underwear? Which not being a Mormon, obviously I don't, but I did, you know, I won't belabor what, what it really is, you know, but well, I, I'll go into a little bit, but you can go do your own research. Okay. Cause I don't want to be too disrespectful, but yes, Mormons wear special underwear and yes, it's the absolute worst underwear. like forget the religion or whatever. They're, awkwardly long it's a it's a top and a bottom but you can also get long john versions of it originally they were one piece things they have this is my actual nightmare like everything you're describing is my actual nightmare it really should be so you know there's symbols on it that represent certain things and from a masonic perspective they're very different you know it's a square and a compass and a and, and a level i don't want to say too much out of respect for my friends and family who are still Mormon, but... So do you buy these in bulk, like a, you like a can. <laughs> you, you, In order to get the special underwear, you have to go through a temple. And not all Mormon churches are temple. And to get into the temple, you've got to meet certain requirements age-wise. You've got to have gone through certain things. And then you have to be, they call it worthy, right? So you pay your tithing, which they pay 10% tithing. Um, you know, you have to, if you're not married, you can't have had sex or you have to repent for it. Most of us just lied through that. I sure as shit did some other funny stories about as you grow up. And the first time I got asked if I masturbated and I asked I, in, in like an interview for worthiness. And I was like, what's that? Cause we don't talk about sex in the Mormon church. What's that? And a, the poor guy who's a volunteer head of the local group had to explain it to me. 
And I'm like, oh my God, that has a name. I didn't know other people. Oh my God, this is, and then, <laughs> oh my said, God. No, I don't do that. Who would do that? That's disgusting. Oh my God. This is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have to go through the repentance that has process. A name. I can't. Yeah. I know. I'm so sweet. And it's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> it's. It explains so much about me, doesn't it? So just before I went on my mission, you go to the temple and you do the ceremony, which is a whole conversation in and of itself. You got but your they, fresh pair of undies. But they give you the go. they give you the new undies. And How you much go do to they the cost? stores. I don't remember the like normal set, like, you know, thirty bucks or fifty bucks or something. So Whoa, that is okay. First okay. Let me just, I just need to rewind for a second. $30, $50, no. And then, okay. 30 bucks for the top for like a t-shirt and a a bottom? What if you you don't wear underwear? Uh, That was going to be my question. What about those of us who don't, where this you can't come into the you can't you, you're not protected that you 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 promise to wear them always and <laughs> yeah. and listen it's yeah, like they're, nope. they're, they're, god are, will not protect are, you there are mormons <laughs> there are people in the mormon faith that will wear these underwear when they go to the gym or basically anything other than like when you go swimming right there's like special circumstances but they wear them all the time no. more importantly for me though for men, I, women, I think, would experience it less unless you're wearing garments. But most of them are this weird, meshy thing that for, for any men who are listening, it's like your swimsuit liners that just make you itch as soon as you put them on. Like, it is the actual worst experience on the face of the planet. And I went straight to Mexico City where the humidity was just out of control, right? And it's always, it was hot and muggy and rainy. And I, they're just they're actually functionally just the worst. So, And then you started shitting your loons and then all hell broke loose and then you said, this shit is not for me. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody asked me if I kept any. I didn't. I was a little angry, so I threw them all away. I'm sure some other people have kept them for good conversation but yeah i didn't keep any i i got rid of all mine and yes i think that is the smart choice i mean that's what google is for so everyone listening (laughs) you can start googling these things google images will give you some some great pictures i feel like this is very symbolic for you steve because you threw your protective garments into the trash and then that Mm -hmm. went into a landfill and now you make a living (laughs) circa a landfill Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that is really funny. Um, I, I met this guy on Bumble a few months ago. I don't know what Bumble Back. is. This is my innocent. What's Bumble? Oh, oh. shut up. You do not. I don't Bumble. know what You have Bumble? to be joking. <laughs> Steve. Hush hates me right no. now. No. Oh, I can't. I I can't. I'm going to need okay. to mute myself for a moment Jesus. while I pull myself together. I can't. What's Bumble? <laughs> Bumble is a website. A website. Hold on, hold on. Do you know what Tinder is? I do know what Tinder is, yes. Okay. Bumble's like a Tinder. <laughs> Bumble okay. is like the antithesis of a Tinder. So it's it. like, it's a dating app and you okay. connect with people via questions and, um, or, you know, making comments. But what happens is you can only match for 24 hours and the girl has to make the first move. She's the one to initiate conversation because... Uh, most of the other apps, men are like Tinder, exactly. Men yeah, are disgusting. Are. I mean, we kind of are. Let's I mean, I've honest. had so many unsolicited emoji moments oh, that I was like, God. ew. 
<laughs> I haven't been on Tinder in, I don't know, six years. But anyway, I was on Bumble. Ted's the only and... person I know of that uses Tinder anymore. <laughs> yeah, because, like, that's no self-respecting person who's looking for a relationship uses Tinder. Exactly. Um, if you're looking for polyamory, Tinder's for you. But I think um, where Honest. I was going with this is I got on the Bumble. I had just, like got out of a relationship whatever i'm on bumble i meet this guy it's like he's within one mile of me i hit it off he's like great we're texting we're talking he's super sweet so nice he's like you want to go for a bike ride i'm like yeah let's go for a bike ride so we go on this bike ride he somehow just like conveniently works into the conversation that he is a mormon i was like i'm sorry i like spit out my water i'm like um what (laughs) not only was he okay so technically he wasn't a mormon when we went on a date but because he was recommitting to the church because he, hmm. that motherfucker cheated on his wife. One of the things for me about growing up Mormon is we didn't really talk about sex that much. And my experience of the, of the community is that it's not spoken of because it's not something you do. Again, you can go look, there's some good stories about it. Not everyone, but infidelity is very, very common in the LDS church. And the bigger problem is there's not a lot of opportunity or space to talk about that from the community. If you have watched or seen the Book of Mormon musical, which is a pretty accurate depiction of what it is to be on a mission. There's the turn it off song, right? Turn it oh off. Oh my gosh. Like a light, like a light switch. switch. Just go click. It's our nifty little Mormon trick. trick. We uh, do it all the time. Sorry. That okay. is, but, but. I'm but, embarrassed to say I've never seen this musical. Oh my God. It's so Hello, good. And you would go listen your pants to laughing. It. It's so funny. <laughs> I just like couldn't get down with it. <laughs> but oh now God, that, so now that I'm learning a little bit more, maybe it'll be a little bit easier for you to do. It's <laughs> so good. In that, you know, there's a lot of that turning it off where you just pretend it's not happening. And if you pretend long enough, maybe it'll go away or never get found out. So rather than dealing with it, there's a whole culture of very, very nice, real genuine people who I think are good that do really dumb things and then never get it taken care of because who do you talk to about it? And, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate. Now, I don't think the Mormons are unique necessarily to that. I was fortunate enough to have some really, really, really fucking smart parents who were very compassionate Uh, as well as my career forced me to learn how to deal with hard situations. But, but that is like a real thing for people of, you know, his guilt is probably having him go back to that religion. If he fixes it and goes back, then maybe he's not a bad person because somewhere along the line, he probably started thinking he's a bad person. Ugh, total weirdo. But I'm more interested in to know why you can't drink hot liquids. I know I was going to say, but I need the actual tea. As I'm drinking tea. Um, so Joseph yes. Smith was a real character, and I highly encourage everybody who listens to go look up Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, who was the second prophet of, of the, the LDS church, and a guy named Porter Rockwell. Back to Joseph Smith and the hot liquids. I have so, so many questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that the Mormons, like one of their doctrines is what they call the word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom includes things like uh, no alcohol, no tobacco, no, uh, no coffee, no tea, no hot drinks, red meat sparingly. It, usually it's, it's explained as like a really smart way to be super healthy. Turns out if you read the memoirs from Emma Smith, what really happened was Emma one day came to Joseph and was like, I'm not cleaning up. I'm going to use my language. Obviously she wouldn't have, but I'm not cleaning up your fucking spittoons and clean up all the booze 
and your drunk ass friends and everything like that anymore. You gotta stop. And Joseph came out with the first version of the word of wisdom, which he said God told him. And it said, oh, sorry, guys, we can't drink anymore because last night I, I had a vision. And, um, you know, the vision said we got to stop drinking alcohol and smoking tobacco. The vision said my wife's going to kill me if I don't it, it, it Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, all the men, when they heard this, were like, that's bullshit. What are the women yeah. giving up? We're giving up like everything we do. What about them? Jesus. And so they rewrote it. Oh, turns so out the next day, them. then I know, right? No, but the, the next day it was, oh, I missed it a little bit. And they included coffee, tea. This is going to sound bad. Often my experience of the Mormon doctrine, there's a lot of it that is very sensible. So, you know, like I know aloe's vegan and, and punch is pescatarian and you would fit inside of the word of wisdom short of how much alcohol everyone consumes around me, it seems, but most people see there's a backstory. So uh, that's how, I mean, that's I why think it, as tea. it is in many religions though, where a lot of totally. the principles that were set in place, if you look at it like contextually in history, they were put there as a method of controlling the people in the society around them um, in a separate manner than the governmental systems that were in place. Totally. So, Steve, we talked about um, the undies, but can you enlighten the peeps on what stoking is? <laughs> okay, so this is I'm another so one excited of my about this conversation. Favorite conversations. Okay, so I, I would like to preface with I plan to try and like experience this for you all, <laughs> so that I could give you some like firsthand knowledge. But um, now I'm dead. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get to it yet. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll ask Hot Toddy if he wants to try it out. <laughs> there is in Utah, Brigham Young University or BYU, it's a religious school and it's private. So they set their own rules. If you go to BYU, you take a seminary class. You, you have to shave your beard. You can have a mustache or no facial hair, but you can't have a beard unless you have a cer certain special circumstance. But uh, part of the honor code for BYU, which everybody has an honor code, is unless you're married, which a lot of married couples go to BYU, you can't have sex, right? Especially on campus. That would be a big no-no. And okay. being horny college students, of course, a lot of them are going to find workarounds. So, oh, God. I mean, let's be fair. If you got a rule, we're going to bend it or break it, right? Including with the Mormon church, anything normal is not allowed, right? Like anything. Any ocean goes, in the motion or any motion so, in the ocean. As we said at dinner last night, Stephen, um, HJ's, yes. HJ's off, off, uh, HJ's off limits. Also off, yeah, that's yes. off limits. You're not even yes. supposed to HJ for yourself, right? So the, the terminology that gets used are a couple of things. So one of the things they do is Levi Lovin, right? Because somehow it's justified if the pants are still on. So if you- I mean, that's take, less weird to me. I feel like that's like right, what 14-year-olds um, are doing in the bleachers, you know. Yes. It's like yes. dry humping. I mean, we've yeah, all been Exactly. There. Yes. But Even as a 34-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so there's funny. that. Um, it's true. <laughs> So, so that's kind of more normal, but one of the things that everybody does is what they call the Provo float or soaking. So the Provo float alludes there's a Provo river and a lot of people go float down it. The Provo float or soaking, somehow a lot of the kids start to justify for themselves that if you just 
put it in and leave it there, somehow that's not sex. So I, I, I it, can't. No moving back and forth. You just soak or you float. <laughs> Which and okay, so we also we've we've talked about this with so many of my friends that Steve's probably like <laughs> so over it. Uh, one of our good friends, Dakota, who you all know from our previous episodes, um, pointed out that uh, doing that is technically a Kama Sutra move and is, yeah. is a technique that you can use with your partner to bring you guys closer together. So really, they're just starting out strong. They're just you know, going they're right. Building they're building that in. intimacy. Yes. Yes. I just so, like for some reason just picture Don Juan doing this. Oh, my God. I hadn't, but now I can't stop. <laughs> so often for mormons i mean i experience this till still today like guilt. you know sexual guilt and and all of that is a very real thing you know i mean 20 years of having that grilled into me is is a real challenge um for people married unmarried and you know i remember i had left the church and a lot of my friends were still in the church and I had a number of them call me, you know, legitimate marriages the night before, like scared shitless, right? Like they're like, do you have any tips and tricks? Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't even that. <laughs> it's like just fundamental. Fun- I do. Like, like the norm. Yeah, fair enough. But for like, they just <laughs> wanted to like talk to somebody who had had sex before, like, because you don't talk about it. So like the nervousness. I remember. One of my friends, we had a, a Mormon bachelor party, so I was drinking out of my, you know, out of a trunk, and then we did some stupid, innocent, I'm sure, overly ridiculous thing that would, you know, we watched Disney movies or something. And, I was just uh, gonna say, like, is this like a crocheting party? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, we did some. I, I think we went. I think we went and played golf, but you know, you gotta circle. get creative you got to get creative and you go play golf and drink Diet Coke instead of, you know, whiskey. And you were no longer Mormon at this time. So were you like spiking your drinks? Oh, totally. And I was, I had no problem (laughs) letting them know that, you know, that's the way it was going to go. But we got done. And I remember he, he like, I, I was dropping him off at his house and I, he like lingered so long and I was like, what's up, dude? And he was like, he shared with me because part of the temple ceremony is if you get married, you, you're married in the temple. So if you can't, if you're not a Mormon or not worthy to go into the temple yet, then you don't get to see the actual ceremony. They just come out and then you do a reception. And he said, well, I'm sad you're not going to be at my marriage. I was like, you know, okay, thank you. I'll be there at the door. No big deal. But then he kept lingering and it was like, what else? At what point oh, were you just like, bro, like, are you about dude, to ask me about sex? Yes. Like, come on, I was like, like let's get this it's going to be, and, and I just told him, I was like, you know, you're 24. It's going to be disappointing for her and for you. So just buckle up oh, and, and enjoy, terrible. I mean, enjoy whatever you can, but that's going to be bad. Jeez. You've never experienced that. That's, that's a hard place to be for a person and a lot of, oh my God. And then you're like married to this person and yes. like, there's no going back. Yes. There is oh, no dear Lord, back. why would anyone It's so frightening. This? God bless everyone, but... Totally. totally. Not for me. The Mormons are not all that dissimilar to other religions in certain aspects. Just, uh, it's kind of fun because there's not that tradition. Like, they're a little easier to poke fun at. And then there's the stuff that they're just really crazy about that make it even easier. <laughs> so I think the things that, like... 
I, I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe other people would disagree, but I think the things that make Mormons such easy targets is that they seem blissfully unaware of like how loony it is. Some yes. of the things like yep. at least the Scientologists are like, no, it's crazy, but we, it, but it's real. You know, right. like I know it sounds crazy, but it's real. Whereas I feel yeah, like the Mormons a, are like, this, that's this, another thing. I'm like, whoa, this does not sound loony. Like this is obviously the way that this is, is the way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like, I have to say, I forget that name, that guy who I went even on, went on the date with. I forget his name. He clearly he, made such a good impression. <laughs> oh my God. I like ran the other way. And like, I, I can't. I was just like, oh my God. I was like, not only are you a fucking cheater, um, but you're like trying to redeem yourself by going back to Mormonism. Anyway, the things that the Mormons do try to do, like, I do appreciate them for that. And I appreciate sure. that they, you know, really do have this, this viewpoint that, you know, it's not all about sex. You know, yep. I think I think that there are connections to be made and like what's going to be happening when you're 70 years old and like you're not really getting down like that anymore. You know, are you going to be able to like stand the sight of this person? And, Absolutely. You know, you know, when I first started traveling for work internationally, it's not like people until they hear I'm from Utah and then ask the inevitable question. Actually, funny enough, South Korea is like obsessed with Mormons and really do some of them. They wanted to see if I actually had horns and I'd let them see if I had horns. And it's not like they they don't sacrifice virgins. They don't do any of that stuff. I never they do They do have horns. I felt Steve's head earlier. There are definitely it, horns there. There might, but that's different. That's different. That was, that was later. <laughs> As we all go through, and I, I've listened to all the podcasts and recently gotten into astrology and starting to understand um, some things from being impacted by the two of you, where like I can see like Age of Aquarius and things like that, those, those new thinking, I think this is going to be a very disruptive time in not just the Mormon community, like, you know, they're losing members. I've got more friends not Mormon now, I think, than, than Mormon. And so it's okay to have friends outside the church. Like of course. The, it's, okay. Yeah. If I take out the shaming, uh, you know, do I want to teach my kids safe sex practices? A hundred percent. Will I have them be abstinent? I want that to be their choice, right? Let them come up with that, but teach them, teach them those values and principles that are there for a lot of religions. And as this new age comes up, how do we all get along? Because there's so many of us who are challenging our thinking and challenging our beliefs and challenging who we are, that this isn't going to be just about Mormons, which is a really, really weird, fun, funny thing. But it could be a platform for a lot of the other religions that are going to be dealing, I think, with the same thing. You know, how do you do this? How do you do it gracefully? How do you have my, my parents and I, my grandfather, when he passed, he passed a few years ago. And, you know, it was really interesting because I was very openly not Mormon. And a lot of my cousins who are not Mormon were not. It was like a secret still. You know, my grandpa would always have tattoos and he would always want to touch my tattoos. Same with my grandma still. They, they think it's going to feel different than normal skin because it's like so demonic for them that I would tattoo my body. And I remember on... <clears throat> On his death, sorry, I just got emotional, but on his deathbed, mm. you know, I've been successful. I've been effective in business. I've got two beautiful children. Uh, I've got a great relationship with my family. And, um, you know, my grandpa said to me, he said, you know, this guy's the real deal. I'm really proud of you. 
and it was the last moment with him, right? And, and when he passed, you know, he was Mormon to the day he died and often brought up, I hope that you figure out how to come back to the church. And, you know, when, when, when I got married, um, he had said that, you know, I hope you do this the right way at some point. But having that kind of a relationship where when he passed, I knew we had that relationship was beautiful. So if nothing else, all the fun stories, I hope that contributes something to people who might be going through the same thing, whether it's your sexuality or religion, like how do we have the, the kind of relationships that work where each person gets to be respected? Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent. And also like, how do we come back to this time where, you know, the family unit is something that is revered instead of, you know, what we have going on right now. I mean, it's totally. just, it's, it's, I mean, what it, I don't even know what the statistics are, but isn't it like one in like two marriages end in divorce? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm going through this myself where I'm learning what my family looks like. Religion, no religion. Again, I think this is a real opportunity and, and it's fun to talk about the insanity because there's a lot Go look at the history again. Porter Rockwell. I'll plug that one one more time. That dude. Did was you? Are your parents real. still together? <laughs> yeah, Steve. My parents are. Yep. So. Oh, good. I love that. My, you know, one of the things that they had to work out is they got married. My mom was nineteen. My dad was twenty-one. Do you think that They're, that kind of speaks now to like you know? I mean, that generation got married so young. Like now, everyone's getting married and having kids in like their thirties, in their forties. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a function of we saw what our parents went through and it's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I got married really way too young as well and had kids way too young, in my opinion, not that I would have it any other way because now I get to be the human I am. Well, right? and I think there's, ha there's been a few cultural shifts that have happened since our parents were kids. I think it's much more commonplace for women to be in a workplace, totally. you know, um, there's like a different notion of like what our role is in society. So like you grow up wanting to have ambitions and have a career. And it's like when you're 18, 19, 20, like you usually haven't started that yet. And so starting that family comes later in life. But speaking to what you were just talking about with like the the values that come with family and like staying married and then the divorce and whatnot, I, I, I'm hopeful that we'll start to see a shift in Back society where, where divorce is not taboo, right? Because it's, it's not right now, but that you'll have people like in my generation and Allo's generation where we experienced it firsthand as kids. Yeah. And so the, the marriage um, we know. concept almost becomes more sacred because it's like, I understand that I can get divorced and I'll be okay, but yeah. I don't ever want to go through that. And if I were to ever have children, which I probably won't, you guys, but I acknowledge that I'm, I'm not, not everybody feels that way, but if I had children, I wouldn't want to put, like, I, I would, I would do my best to not have to have them experience what I did, but like, yes, know at same. the same time that it would be okay because like, I'm fine. Well, I mean, well, I, I mean, are we? I don't know about that, but like, I'm just, my as, mom always I'm says that. She's well like, you guys are fine. Somebody. You're fine. I'm like, yeah, mm, are we? I'm not any different than my friends who had had parents that stayed married for their entire lives. You know, I'm, I'm not any like more or less worse off yeah. in terms of like my ability to function in society. Again, it's, I don't know. I don't know that this was the intention of this episode, but, or so as they say, but, uh, <laughs> but 
but it really is. I am like, so proud of you for using an abbreviation. Yes. I, I also love want it. to acknowledge that I'm only 36. So whatever this generational getting me left out because I'm old, I am old, but I'm not that old. Um, I didn't call you old. You said, and you said I didn't call you old. Follow, Mine and Aloe's generation. Well, first of all, Paige and I are, <laughs> first of all, Steve, you and teasing. I are in the same generation. I know, I'm teasing. Hey, Punch to. and I are not in the same generation. <laughs> I may get teased often right now about being too old. So that's all I was pointing. It was a good opportunity for me to poke fun. But, um, but no, but I, you've I, done I, so much in your, you know, 16 year separation from the church. Totally, totally. And again, I love that. I, there's plenty of what I've done that would be associated directly to what I got out of being a Mormon. I, I like that a lot. And I think that that is very applicable to like kind of what Paige and I talk about in like a many of our episodes, you know, like take what you want from this and, and leave what doesn't serve you at the door. I, I agree. That- and, and I'd like to say on piggyback to that, Aloe, is that I don't know that you and I believe everything that we talk about on this podcast and like that's kind of the point is to expand our horizons and learn about topics that we might not have otherwise ever talked about with anybody you know i think we both have that as a strength in our in our personal lives aloe of like being able to find the commonalities in our peers versus focusing on our differences and how do we use that and and make ourselves better and how do we use it and make the community around us stronger correct you know as a chubby, straight, white male from Utah, about as generic as they come, even for me oh, listening uh, Steve, to the Steve, there's podcast, nothing generic about you. So <laughs> no, it's like, you enough. guys, you should but, see this man's wardrobe. <laughs> it's more eccentric than mine, which is hard to do. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> it, it's at least on par. But, but um, you know, even for me, like, I've listened to all the episodes and – I love your podcast because I think it does exactly that. And part of why I saw this is like, you know, again, I have a, a real concern of diminishing or defaming the Mormon culture and community. That's not my intention. I think there's some really crazy fucking stories, but I love you guys' podcast and self-plug to you or, or, or plug for you of like, whether you're here for women's empowerment or growth or whatever, I've gotten just as much out of like what you guys shared on the one about what you've dealt with health and diet wise, right? I got a ton out of that that was so relatable. Um, Oh, Steve, we love you. Astrology, all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm like, what's, where, where, let me, let's talk about like what house my something or other is in so that maybe I can figure out why I wound up the way I went, right? Like I've looked at my kids' charts and all the rest. So it's like, I, I love that. And I think that that is something that the world needs more of is a safe space where people share really enough, like, like vulnerably enough that other people get to experience it and learn from it and, and, you know, hopefully make their own choices. And as I tend to say, questions are always more interesting than answers, right? So where that, that discovery gets to happen, I think is just brilliant. And, and that's what I've been left with on every episode thus far from from your podcast so i'm excited for people to get to know it 
I am too. Um, do, do you want to be our personal cheerleader? Because that was sure. amazing. You're welcome. Uh, can you go out on the road and sell us, Steve? Um, <laughs> you should be able to because you are a Mormon. Give me door-to-door sales <laughs> our podcast. I can, I, listen, if we need to door-to-door, have, it, it works for me. That's right. He's got the name tag and everything. He's like, I hello, do. my name is Elder hello. Proust, and uh, I am here to share with you the love of pumpkin <laughs> aloe. My, um, uh, my okay. kids do answer the doorbell with, hello, my name is Elder Proust. Again, Book of Mormon reference. (laughs) Um, But I think one question I have for you that we didn't actually go over is, is the process of leaving the church hard? Like, do they make it hard for you? Or is it something where they're like, if you want to leave and then come back, like, by all means, like, have a great day? Or is there, like, paperwork? Do they, like, excommunicate you? So there's multiple ways. Yeah, you can be excommunicated. You know, murder would be a big one, but um, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> there, there that's a problem many, for most. I, well, most exactly right. Then wow. that's my point. Is it's not like the it's not like over the top. What what gets you excommunicated is usually probably a concern for most people in society. For anyone who's considering leaving the church and wants their name removed, there are a number of free services from attorneys' offices here in in, in Salt Lake that they'll write the letter for you and send it. And then you get a call, you get a letter back that says we've removed can, your name. Can you send us a link to potentially one of those places that we could include in Absolutely our bio can. just for like yep. anybody that's interested. And we'll also include a link just for so the guys like, you mentioned for the purpose. Well, yeah, yes. that too. But like for yes. the purpose of being well-rounded, like I'll, I'll add an informational link on the church of the Latter-day Saints. If you are sure. interested in joining. Some of us just stop going. Right. It's almost like, I'm not going to keep going. So yeah, you just kind of fall off. Sure. And, and that leaves you on their records. And there's a big to do right now about like the number, is it accurate? Is it not accurate? Because the LDS church is actually the the wealthiest church. There was a really big Forbes article. That was my next question. Like how much does it cost you to be a member of this church? 10%. 10% of your, of your earnings. Well, no wonder they need multiple wives because they need to save money on taxes because 10% of their <laughs> earnings go to the church. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know. If you're into soaking and garments and <laughs> no tea, by all Buy means, a Kama Sutra this book. is for you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like a cup of tea, I would consider maybe Christianity. Maybe, maybe, a, different, maybe a different sect of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Shintoism is for you. Yes. Seriously, no, and 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 Punch and I joke. We joke, but for this is always informational, and you know we just appreciate you being honest with us and totally. answering these crazy stories, like answering these crazy. Quasi, oh my God, quasi. The quasi question. This uh, is why I just honor like the Hindu gods on my own and like give them things to my altar because it's like I can afford like a little glass of milk, you know. It's strictly financial yeah. decision. For you. Well, and, and we 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 should acknowledge too that like that sounds freaking crazy to a lot of people. Also, like you have totally. an altar, like that's like super. <laughs> Like the the name, the term altar, it's like might be just as weird to like a Mormon as collab is to the rest of us. It's like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And we forget that our customs and our beliefs and systems and ways of living are just as otherized by other communities. Yep. What you were just saying, Punch, is the otherizing, you know, of these countries, so to speak. You know, we think, we look at like... Islam and Muslims were like, oh my goodness, you pray to Allah five times a day. Like that's like 
you know, strange to us. I think that's one of the reasons that it's so important to leave where you came from at some point, whether it's just to go travel or to move somewhere else. Um, If you can do international, great, but I'll tell you, um, you're going to get a big culture shock going from the, the rural areas of Idaho all the way down to Louisiana in New Orleans. Like you're going to learn something by shifting that perspective. I, I will say I do appreciate about the Mormon church that, that you have to do that um, through the Mormon church. You have to go on this mission and they send you somewhere that's so different from where you came from. And I think that that, that is an experience that is so important for growth. And I agree. It should probably be done on a larger level. Yeah. (laughs) Steve, is there anything you want to add that we didn't cover? No, I mean, again, I I love sharing about the the LDS church and and I hope it comes across for anybody who is LDS or wants to be LDS. There's no disrespect here. I think, you know, through the grieving process, I look at Mormonism with a fondness and especially my friends and family who are LDS. uh, There's a, a real genuine love for them. Um, and it did take me going through some moments of anger and feeling shunned and feeling left out and, um, you know, trying out, uh, <laughs> you guys will laugh at this, but trying out my more wild side, right? Like all those things that were suppressed. I don't, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at how like corrupt Punch and I are. Like. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing at him. <laughs> Like, I'm like, like, oh my God, he's like, like my oh. wild side. I'm like, ooh, that makes me feel like a sleuth. Like my tame side, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, I've reeled it in. I'm like, what is this life like? <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. I, I'd say normally we we link people in our bio with like their information, but I think you're actually the first person we've had on that like we're not soliciting a trade. <laughs> <laughs> you have some I appreciate story. it. So and probably um, I'll say, don't need that. That's right. <laughs> if you want to uh, support uh, Steve's network and you want to try a cool pizza, you can order the Pizza Plant, which is yes. a vegan pizza that um, one of Steve's business colleagues has come out with. Aloe, actually, you would love it. It's so good. Yeah, this is the um, first time so- hearing of this, and I'm like, this sounds great. We're gonna link that in the description as well, and. Um, you know, if, if people have questions about this topic, Steve, is there a source they can go to? Because I'm not yeah. going to give them your personal Instagram. You're too busy. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I've, I've sent you guys a few links, one on Porter Rockwell, and there's a bunch of other fun stories if you want to go have some fun. I love it. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us, Steve. This was really yeah, it's great. Such a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for letting me be uh, a little bit... Um, creative and where I took the conversation, but I appreciate it very, very, very much. All right, you guys. So that is episode seven. Well, we have to do our card poll page. And I was going to say next, it's time for our card poll. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be well into our new year, which I'm really hoping everyone's enjoying. I hope everyone did not make resolutions this year. I'm hoping everyone just set intentions instead. And, you know, I think that that is something that I started doing about five years ago. I, I set intentions in ways that I want to be intentional with, with my energy, with what I'm trying to, you know, actually complete what I'm trying to manifest. I think a resolution just sounds so final. And it's like, I feel like people don't set 
resolutions because they don't usually hit them. So I think if you're just a little bit more intentional with, with what you're trying to put out there, it will actually help you. So I hope you guys are halfway through the month. If you didn't set an intention for the year, start now. You know, it's never too late. And I and, still set oh, resolutions. I just started doing that last year, but I set enough that I think are actually attainable. So like last year I was like, I want to read five books this year. And I surpassed that. But I also said I wanted to learn Italian and I didn't do that, but that's okay. So I have these new um, Oracle cards that I bought myself for Christmas because I mean, why not? Um, They're called Oracle of the Seven Energies. And it's of course by my girl Colette Baron-Reed because she's the shit. I have not used these cards once. So this is the first time I just opened them. Did you smudge them? I did. I smudged them. I just haven't um, used them yet. And I am shuffling away. And as I shuffle, I am just going to ask the universe what we need, what kind of guidance, what does the collective need to hear today? And let's see. I'm going to flip a card. For the week of January 11th to the 17th. Ooh, this is really pretty. The Royal You. This <laughs> card is beautiful. I can't even wait to post it. So the Royal You. Uh, sovereignty, responsibility, self-confidence, self-rule, ownership of your feelings and actions, a quiet sense of empowerment, being self-aware, not allowing outside influences out of alignment with your truth. So do you know what it means to express personal sovereignty in your life? It's about how you hold to your inner sense of worth and integrity, securing your belief that you have a unique purpose. It's about feeling comfortable in your own skin, knowing who you are, and that nothing outside you can challenge your authentic self, the hard-won hard seat of awareness that you have earned. You are the ruler of your mind, and you're being invited now to consider what dis- discipline you need to apply to your thoughts. Are, there consistent, or excuse me, are they consistent with the values and beauty you intend for your life? It is important now to keep your focus on what is right and good for you, as well as others. Challenges in your life at this time, no matter how large or small, must be met with a measurable response. If life sends you, to, sends you a challenge, can you speak up and set your boundaries with grace and, and surety? Calm, intelligent leadership is called for now. Sovereigns know when to plan their battles, so stay out of unnecessary skirmishes and strategically wield your personal power. Now is the time to lead from the heart, from your authenticity and your integrity. Hold your head high and know your worth. That is the mark of a true sovereign. Wow. I feel like I mean, really I, powerful. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, week after week, I'm blown away at how applicable these card pulls are to the conversation we've just had. I know. It's like the universe knows. And also just like you and I just talking about setting intentions for the new year and staying in your personal power. Yeah. It's crazy. I love it. And then just living with grace and compassion for yourself and like figuring out what's yours and and what's what you acceptingly don't want i think steve how did you feel about the card paul that was a great a great card i think given the current condition of like humanity like it's like left me with like be open but keep your boundaries right like yeah i think there's so much hostility in the world right now whether you're actively creating it or not, like it's just so many people, myself included, are so uneasy. Know that you're big enough and honor yourself and it will work out. I love this. Oh, this was such a great episode. I know. I'm like, every week we outdo ourselves. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it outdid so yourself, honey. We, uh, so good. Great. I want to play with them. Okay, you guys. Well, this has been episode seven. It is lovely to have you listening with us again this week. And we have um, even more exciting episodes to come at you. We've planned out for the next two months. So get ready. We're going to, we're going to wait, power through definitely into March. So um, <laughs> it's such and a if you pleasure. Guys have um, recommendations of things you want us to cover, send us a DM. And like, we didn't give Steve's uh, personal information here, but if you have questions for him, you can DM us and also email us. So uh, for the love of punchinello at gmail.com. Uh, and obviously you, rate, review, and subscribe and share. Yes, please do. Um, I know a couple of you have done it so far and we appreciate you so much. I mean, would I love to be one of those podcasts that had like 250,000 ratings? Yes, but we have 17 and I'm very proud of we that. We do? <laughs> yes. I've not looked. <laughs> I like, it hasn't even occurred to me to look. I was like, last I looked, there were three. That was like the first week. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean total. So that's ratings and reviews. Got it. Okay. So all of you that listen every week, hook us up, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you guys and thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>